Hello, and welcome to Auntie Sandy's Storyland. Please join us at our new home on the Lotus Prison Network at patreon.com. Our story for today is Duffy and the Devil by Harv and Margot Zimak. Squire Lawful of Trove had no wife. His housekeeper, old Joan, did the cooking and the cleaning for him. But the sharpness had long since gone out of her eyesight, so she couldn't do fine chores any more, like spinning and sewing and knitting. After a time, the squire's clothes got so rough and ragged that he thought he'd better go find a maid to be Joan's helper. With that in mind, he rode up to Burian Church Town one fine morning. On his way into the town, he suddenly heard an awful screeching and hollering. The door of a cottage flew open, and out ran a blubbering, bawling girl, chased by an old woman who was clouting her with a broom and shouting, You lazy buffalhead, you! What's all this about, auntie? asked the squire. What's the cause of all this confluption with you and Duffy? Oh, your honour, wailed the old woman. What am I to do with this ghastly girl? She gallifants with the boys all day long and never stops at home to boil the porridge, nor knit the stockings, nor spin the yarn. Don't believe a word she says, your honour, spoke up the girl, dabbing at her teary eyes with a corner of her dusty apron. I do all the work. I spin like a saint, I knit like an angel, and all I get for it is clouts and clumps. Squire Lawful could see that Dorothy and the woman would be glad to get quits of one another. So he asked the girl how would she like to come to Trove Manor to help his old housekeeper with the work that needed sharp eyes and quick fingers. Try me, your honour, answered Dorothy. You'll not be sorry, I promise you that. Go wait right the back rummage, muttered the old woman. Dorothy bunched up her skirts scrambled onto the squire's horse, sat herself ladylike behind him, and they jogged off down to Trove. When they got there, old Joan met them at the door. This is Dorothy, said Squire Lawful, who is come down to help you knit and spin. Give us some dinner, Joanie dear, and show her what to do. Dorothy ate her fill, and she and the housekeeper got acquainted, and pretty soon Joan led her upstairs to the loft, where the wool was kept and the spinning done. First thing Joan says was the squire needed a new pair of stockings. The ones he was wearing had been patched to pieces. She set a chair by the spinning wheel, took down some wool that had already been carded, and only needed spinning into yarn, and stood by to watch her new helper work. 
It's right strange, said Doofy, but all my life I have never been able to do a stitch of work with anybody watching me, especially spinning. For that, I just have to be alone by myself. So Joan left Doofy alone. And it was good she did, because the fact is, Doofy didn't know a thing about spinning. She tried to figure out how the spinning wheel worked, and pretty soon she had it apart, and the parts rolling around on the floor, and herself and the machine, and the wool in a terrible tangle. Curse this spinning, she cried, and in the into. The devil can make Squire Lovell's stockings for all I care. No sooner said than out from behind a stalk of fleeces appeared an ugly little squinty-eyed creature with a long tail. At your service, Duffy, my dear, said the devil with a bow. I'll do the spinning for you. And in it in two, how'd you like that? Are you sure you know how to work all these little willy-gogs and wizard-geese, mister? asked Dorothy. Simple as pudding, replied the devil. He sat down at the spinning wheel with his fingers flying so fast that Dorothy couldn't even see them. He had the old batch of wool spun into yarn in a couple of blinks. Stockings, did you say? said he, pulling some knitting needles out of his pocket. Clickety clackety, clickety clickety clack. And instead of the yarn, there was a pair of stockings. I believe they'll fit the squire very nicely, he said. How much do I have to pay you? asked Doofy. Not a penny, replied the devil. Listen, I'll knit and I'll spin as much as you like. To me, it's just a game. But at the end of three years, I'll take you away, unless you can tell me my name. Your name? said Doofy. That's right. Unless you can tell me my name or my daddy's name. Either will do, they're both the same. You have three whole years to guess what it is. You get as many guesses as you please. And meanwhile, all the spinning and knitting gets done without you lifting a finger. Think it over. And as suddenly as he had gone, he disappeared. Dorothy spent the afternoon snoozing pleasantly up in the loft. And at supper time, skipped downstairs with the stockings draped over her arm. Old Joan was amazed at the speed, and when she felt the stockings, exclaimed, Why, they're soft as silk, and they're strong as leather, declared the squire next day. He had put on his new stockings to go out hunting, and after long hours of trudging through Firs and brambles and plodging through brick and briar, his stockings and his legs came home entirely dry and without a scratch.
Never have there been such stockings, he declared. The day after that was Sunday, and Squire Lovell wore his stockings to church. Neighbors and acquaintances kept him standing outside admiring the pattern and the fit and the silky softness and the leather-like roughness of his stockings until the parson wondered what all the force was about. And when he too had seen the squire's stockings, he said, That Dorothy, she can spin like a saint and knit like an angel. Well, pretty soon, Squire Lawful was eager to have Dorothy make him some more things. A hunting jacket out of good, solid homespun, for example. Wouldn't that be something? He told Dorothy what he wanted. And she took herself upstairs to the loft. There was that greening devil sitting at the spinning wheel waiting for her. The stocking seemed to have been a success, Toffy dear, he said. The whole neighborhood is talking about them. Oh yes, replied Toffy. But now Squire wants a jacket and, and who knows what it'll be next. No trouble at all, Doofy, answered the squinty-eyed one. But what about our bargain? So Doofy shrugged her shoulders and did her deal with the devil. Three years of that knitting and spinning of his, and then he could take her away if he wanted to. The hunting jacket was made, and in the days and weeks after that, Doofy fetched many a fine article of cloth and clothing down from the loft. Once in a while, she tried guessing some names, but they were all wrong. And finally, she just put it out of mind. Squire Lawful was more pleased with her all the time, and she was enjoying the easy life. One day, Squire Lawful thought to himself, Wouldn't Doofy make a fine wife for somebody? the way she spins and knits. Wouldn't she make a fine wife for me? So he asked her to marry him, and they had a dandy wedding. And before you know it, Dorothy wasn't just plain Dorothy anymore, but Lady Dorothy Lovell of Trove. And she was wearing satin gowns, and the best of silks and laces, and red-heeled shoes from France. Those were her dancing shoes, and whenever she wasn't up in the loft pretending to be knitting something new for the squire, she could be found on the green by the mill, dancing with the other ladies of the neighborhood, frolicking away the time while corn was grinding. But it couldn't last forever. Three years is what the devil said. And when the three years was almost up, he started jibbing and jeering at her, grinning and winking and behaving all cock-a-whoop. And soon she remembered what he said about taking her away unless she could tell him his name. That set her grieving over her troubles. Old Joan noticed how glumpy and gloomy Duffy was acting 
and she wasn't surprised when one day, all in tears, Dofi told her the whole story. So that's how come, said Joan. Well, when you're in the world as many years as I've been, you learn all sorts of secrets, even some the devil hasn't heard about. I'll do my best to help you, Dofi. She said she needed a keg of the strongest beer out of the cellar and told Dofi not to go to bed that night until the squire got home from hunting, no matter how late. Squire Lawful went out hunting as usual that day, and though he tramped over the moors until he and his dogs were drooping, tired and hungry, he couldn't catch a thing. Nightfall found him down by La Morna. He had just about decided to go home empty-handed when up started a hare, as fine a hare as ever was seen. The dogs gave chase. The squire followed close behind, and on they went, through water and mud, a mile or more. Then, just when he thought he had the air cornered, he bound down a hole that was the entrance to a cavern underground, known to all in the neighborhood as the Fogley Hole, where witches were said to have their midnight meeting. The dogs stopped in their tracks, howling and jowling, terrified to follow any further. But Squire Lawful plunged right in. The owls and bats flapping around his head. At the very end of the cavern, he saw a glimmering fire, and about it, the witches were gathering. Some were riding on ragwort, some on brooms, and some were floating on their three-legged stools, and some astride giant leeks. Tending the fire was an old woman, and Squire Lovell thought she looked just like his housekeeper, Joan. And in the midst of them all was a queer little squinty-eyed creature with a long tail that he held up in the air and twirled. The one that looked like Joan gave the creature with the tail a swig of beer from time to time. Between times, she scratched a tune on a fiddle, and the creature and the witches danced round the fire faster and faster, swirling like the wind. The squire watched it all gawk-eyed, until at last a feeling came over him of wanting to get in on the frolic. So he swung up his hat and his hunting staff and let out a whoop. Go to it, old devil and witches all! Zam! Up flashed the fire. All went black, and the next thing he knew, he was racing like a hound, with all the witches at his heels, and he didn't stop until he got safe inside the horseshoe of his own front door. Dofi was still waiting up for him. Her forehead was wrinkled with worry. Squire Lawful flopped onto his armchair, in front of the fire, and as soon as he had his breath back, he told her what had happened. 
Are you sure that's everything? She said when he had finished telling it. Wasn't there anything else? Why, yes. Come to think of it, said the squire, there was a song that the devil creature sang after taking one last swig of the beer. How did it go? begged Duffy. The squire searched his mind. I think it went like this. Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow's the day. I'll take her, I'll take her, I'll take her away. Let her weep, let her cry, let her beg, let her pray. She'll never guess my name is. Is what? cried Duffy. Is, uh, I think it started with a T. That's it, Taraway. She'll never guess my name is Taraway. Then Doofy laughed and laughed, and her laughing made the squire laugh, and they both laughed until they couldn't laugh any more. They went to bed. The next day, when the devil appeared up in the loft, Doofy was waiting for him. Time's up, Doofy dear, he said. His eyes weren't squinting now, they were googly, and his tail was twitching. What about guessing your name? said Duffy. Of course, one last guess, then you're mine, replied the devil. He held up his tail and twirled it over his head. Taraway, cried Doofy. Taraway, Taraway. The devil howled in disappointment. That was no guess. You were told. He stomped his foot. You were told. He stomped his foot again. You were told. He stomped his foot a third time. And as he did, there was a flash of flame and a puff of smoke and he was gone. And at that same moment, all the devil's knitting turned to ashes. Squire Lovo was out on the moors when it happened. The day was cold and the wind piercing. Suddenly the stockings dropped from his legs and the homespun from his back and he had come home with nothing on but his hat and his shoes. And when he got there, there was old Joan sweeping up little piles of ashes all around the house and Duffy following after her, exclaiming loudly, All my work gone up in smoke. I swear I'll never knit another thing again. And she never did. That is the end of our story for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Join our exclusive Storyland membership on the Lotus Prison Network to get special appreciation bonuses and rewards as a valued member of our listener team. To join our membership, go to patreon.com forward slash the Lotus Prison Network. For those who like the book we read today and would like to purchase it, please click the link in the description. Follow our Facebook page so you can find us on all your favorite social media and share with your family and friends. Thank you for your support. We'll see you next time on Auntie Sandy's Storyland.